Hello and thank you for joining me on day two of our 40 days together. Um, why don't we begin as we did yesterday, just taking three deep breaths and as we breathe in, remembering and thanking God for the breath of God that is now sustaining us. And as we breathe out, uh, we're going to expel any concerns, any worries, anything that is on our mind today that may get in the way of us hearing from God and just breathing in and breathing out. And we're going to hold it as we breathe in for three seconds. We'll do that three times and then we'll um, read the Bible together. So here we go. Great. So I realized I spoke very, very fast yesterday and uh, I think I was a little bit nervous. I actually didn't have the timer on my laptop as I was recording the podcast. So I didn't know how long I was talking for. And I think that mixed with uh, the fact that I was doing a podcast, which, you know, isn't normal for me, was very, very strange. And um, I ended up talking very, very fast. So my plan today is to take some pressure off of myself and to speak a little bit slower, because the whole point of doing this isn't about me regurgitating what I'm hearing from God to you. It's about us reading the word together. And inevitably, there'll be days when perhaps there won't be a big, spectacular revelation that we're expecting. And, you know, it won't be like one of those uh, sermons that, that, you know, the sermon that pastors will put on their Facebook or YouTube or whatever, because it's, you know, we nailed it. Inevitably, as we spend time with God, there'll be days when nothing dramatic stands out. But it doesn't take away from the fact that we are still feeding on the life-giving word of God. And I think for us, that is the key during this season, which is the consistency, the rhythm of spending time with God in his word. And sometimes we won't understand what it means. Other times we will. But regardless, it will still have an incredible nutritious impact on our spiritual walk with God. So I'm going to pray and then we'll begin. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this new day that you have gifted each and every one of us, that we may commune with you another day on this earth, that we may encounter your goodness, that we may display your glory through our lives to those around us. I thank you, Father, that you are drawing us closer to you today than ever before, to know your voice, to know your presence, and from there live from a place of being filled with your presence to into all the areas of our lives. So, Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you and speak to us as we read your word together as a family. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we did Philippians last week. Uh, last week, yesterday. Um, I'm used to saying last week because that's what we say on Sunday mornings and I guess I'm missing that. <laughs> I'm very strange. Uh, so we started on Philippians uh, chapter 1, we read verse 1 and 2 and it was so rich, wasn't it? It was effectively, what, about 25 words 
um, but I managed to fill it for 16 and a few seconds. Uh, so I'm going to stick to 15. So we're going to read Philippians 1, uh, 3 to 11. And it says, I thank my God in all my remembrance, remembrance of you, always in prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defence and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Wow. That, what is that? Uh, seven, eight verses, so rich of wisdom, truth, and God's heart in all of it as Paul's displaying it. So uh, I'm going to go through and just pick out a key things, but I'd love to encourage you guys after uh, this 15 minutes together is over, just to read through it again and take a pause, a moment, and ask God if there's anything specific that he is revealing to you. So it begins uh, with Paul thanking and saying, actually, every time I pray for you guys, I do it with joy because I'm remembering that you and I are in partnership together in preaching the gospel and that began from the very first day that they met. And and we've got to remember that Paul is writing this in prison. And so he is saying that every time I pray for you, I do it with joy. And so there's this weird uh, contrast of sitting inside a prison cell. And those Roman prisons weren't amazing. You know, they're, they're what you would expect a prison to be. Um, perhaps without some of the fancy facilities that modern prisons may have right now. And so he's sitting in and living in extremely uncomfortable conditions. And yet every time he prays for the Philippians, the church in Philippi, he is filled with joy. Wow. That's incredible. That in his moment of suffering, in his moments of being in discomfort, what brought him joy wasn't the change of external circumstances. What brought him joy was remembering his brothers and sisters who were thriving, who were walking out the gospel, who were preaching the gospel and partnering with him. And it's almost as though he is able to rejoice in their freedom to walk with Jesus freely, in, to, to preach the gospel, to live out their lives outside of the four walls of his prison. And so he's almost taking himself to a place where he is with them in their heart, in his heart and mind and spirit and saying, you know, what? I may be in prison, but every time I think about you living for Jesus, you doing the things I can't, you going and cooking in your kitchen, Every time I think about you praising God as you are going to work. Every time I think about you going to the shops 
as you are picking up the groceries and just living your life with Jesus. Everyday moment, that brings me joy. And so Paul is rejoicing in a life that he is living without. He's enjoying the expression of the life that he perhaps wishes and yet he's able to enjoy it vicariously through others. And so it made me think today about, well, when my circumstances are hard, perhaps my joy comes from God as I am thanking him for those who are able and those who are blessed, those who are experiencing uh, things that perhaps I am desiring and saying, you know what, I'm going to rejoice with you. I'm just going to rejoice with those who are perhaps uh, doing a job that I want to be doing perhaps living a lifestyle that I wish I was living, perhaps living in freedom, recognizing that all of those things and where I'm at, none of those take away the goodness of God. But because I know the goodness of God, I'm able to rejoice with those who are experiencing it in a different way to I am. Because Paul knew the goodness of God even in prison, which is why he was able not to be jealous of the Philippian church, but he was able to rejoice with them and thanking God for them every time he remembered them. And this verse 6 is one that we uh, as Christians hold on to so tightly. And it is where, you know, often we draw our hope from when we feel a little stunted in our growth as Christians. When we feel a little bit uh, lukewarm, when we feel a little bit, yes, stuck where we are. Or perhaps that we haven't grown as much as we should have or would have liked to. And it's this, verse 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I think in our modern Christianity, one of the biggest loss is that we look for all things to be restored here and now completely. When actually... God's desire is to restore all things. But we also know that the hope, hope of being in the presence of God without pain and suffering, what we call heaven, whilst we can encounter glimpses of that here on this earth, and we're called to extend his kingdom by bringing Jesus, the king over all things, we have to remember that the completion of, of the work of Christ in us, in sanctifying us, in transforming us, in bringing healing to this world, won't be completed until Jesus returns. And so in that, it doesn't mean that we are passive about what's going on in the world. It doesn't mean that we remain silent. It means that with knowing the responsibility and the love of God that we have encountered, we work hard to ensure that everyone knows and encounters the love of God. If that is standing for justice, if that is doing what we need to bring about uh, to to bring about freedom for others, um, then we do that. But in doing so, we mustn't forget that there is a completion at the day of Jesus Christ that we are yearning for, that we won't see here and now. But that also brings us hope that when we look at our lives today, 
And I don't know how the past few months have been for you. I know for me, it's been very up and down. There's been days where I've felt like, this is great, God. The lockdown has been amazing for my walk with you. And it's really helped me dig in. And there's been days when I've just wanted to crawl into bed and stay there for much longer than seven, eight hours that I am supposed to <laughs> during the day. So I know that for me, I've been going up and down, but I hold on to this, which is that I am grateful for the freedom and salvation that was completed and received through Jesus dying on the cross and being resurrected. But I am also grateful that God is still at work in me, that God is still at work in this world. If we don't remember that God is at work as opposed to he was at work, he was at work when Jesus died on the cross. He is at work through Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all things will come to a completion where it will be restored to as God always intended it to be with no pain no suffering no sickness but let's remember that Jesus is still at work because he who began that's Jesus a good work in you and me will bring it to completion so our confidence is not in how well we can walk out this faith walk it's not in how well we can sustain our relationship with God, but our confidence is in Jesus, that he began it, so he is able to complete it. And then Paul goes on to say that uh, it is right for me to feel this way about you. And I love Paul's fatherly heart. I love how he speaks to the different churches that he spent I guess an intense period of time with when the church was being established but some of them he didn't spend a long time with them and yet he sees them as their sons and his sons and daughters as his friends as his family and uh, we use that word family in in our churches a lot don't we and often simple things like well no one texts me this week can throw us off track of going well maybe they weren't family in the first place and you know I was thinking the other day that difference between family and friends is that family we are born into that we are called to when it comes to spiritual family and it's not whether we get on with them it's not how friendly they are to us it's the moment we became Christians we joined a big old family called the family of God and God calls us to local communities that we get to love and get irritated by and irritate others and in doing so grow sharpen each other and be sanctified and so i just wanted to uh, encourage us today that perhaps you're feeling distant and disconnected with your natural family well let's remember that we're part of a global family of god but also remember that if you're feeling a little disconnected with your local family uh, with the people that you have often gone to services with and in midweek groups with or or people that you have seen weekly on a Sunday that actually they're not just your uh, yeah Sunday people you're part of the family they're connected to you the blood of Christ runs through each and every one of us we are blood brothers and sisters in Christ however friendship requires investment and development and I think that's where we can often get confused is that we expect to be best friends with everyone in our church family without having invested the same amount of time that we would. And the flip side is, is that because we don't know someone very well in our church family, we think they're not family. Well, family's family. We share the same surname. We share the same father. 
um, spiritually. But if you're feeling disconnected, I'd encourage you to invest more and continue to walk out that relationship because I know that there's incredible uh, fruit at the end of that. Uh, I've only done half of it, but that's okay. You guys can read the rest and perhaps see if there's anything else that God is speaking to you about. Um, but the final thing I want to point out or just pick up on is that, uh, yeah, and, in, in, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that we may approve what is excellent and in doing so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God in Jesus name amen have a wonderful day guys and I'll see you or I'll speak to you guys tomorrow God bless